welcome to Compelling Conversations with Colleagues. The program is sponsored by the ABA Government and Public Sector Lawyers Division. I'm Katherine Mickelson. Today we have with us Lieutenant Commander Mishanda Mosley, a judge advocate in the U.S. Navy. Her last assignment was with the USS George H.W. Bush, a U.S. Navy supercarrier, where she had a five-month deployment to the Middle East. She is now an LLM student at the American University Washington College of Law in Washington, D.C. Welcome, Mashanda. Thank you for having me. Mashanda, can you give a chronology of your career? You started out in the Army Reserves before you even went to college. Isn't that right? That is correct. So I am originally from Connecticut, and um, I joined the Army Reserves. It's funny. Um, my senior year of high school, and I was too young to, uh, to sign myself up, so my parents had to sign me in. And they had something called a delayed entry program um, where I finished high school, and the day after I graduated from high school, I went to basic training in Fort Jackson, South Carolina for the Army. Um, and they did a program. I'm not even sure if they do this anymore, but it was called Split Up. And so what they do is they split your training to allow you to go to school. So I did basic training. When I finished, I had about a week, and then I started my freshman year at the University of Connecticut. And I did my whole freshman year, and then during the second summer is when I did my, that we called it advanced individual training. Well, the interesting thing is that during that freshman year, and while I'm drilling with my Army Reserve unit, some of the other students in there told me, hey, if you're going to the University of Connecticut, if you switch to the Connecticut Army National Guard, they will pay your tuition. And I said, well, that sounds like a great deal. Absolutely. <laughs> so I switched to the Connecticut Army National Guard. And, uh, and the funny thing was that was a life-changing decision because of Desert Shield, Desert Storm. So during my second summer of training, Desert Shield, Desert Storm really started to pick up. And literally, I got back to the University of Connecticut for my sophomore year. And by that October, November, my National Guard unit was activated to go to Desert Storm. I was pulled out of school and uh, sent to Saudi Arabia. And if you remember, we had the 100-hour war. You had the ground war, the air war. Did that, and while over there, I, you know, I had some really, really good senior enlisted leaders who told me, you know what, when you get back to school, you should join the ROTC, and uh, because you should, you would make a good officer. And I listened. I went back, joined the ROTC, and when I graduated from UConn, I was commissioned an Army Intel officer. Uh, went on active duty, loved it, had a wonderful time, actually got to specialize as a counterintelligence special agent, uh, did that, and uh, wound up at Fort Meade, Maryland, finished my time in service, and, uh, and got out. <laughs> uh, had a big break in service, about 10 years, where I went to law school, got a master's in counseling psych, and ran a business, and did some other wonderful things, um, and... Uh, 
eventually went to law school, not to practice law, but because I wanted to be a U.S. senator one day. <laughs> um, and look at me now, I'm practicing law. So when I, gra- when I um, graduated from law school, I uh, went on to get a Master's of Divinity. And while in divinity school, I practiced as an assistant state's attorney over in Anne Arundel County, Maryland. So I started as a civilian prosecutor. Um, and while as a prosecutor, I happened to be at a Nabalsa convention and ran into the JAG Corps. Navy JAG Corps was recruiting, and um, and they made me an offer I couldn't refuse, and here I am as a Navy JAG. <laughs> I'm sorry for that long introduction, but my military career is varied, and um, it has touched on two services, an enlisted and officer, and so um, that's why. So I apologize for the long one, but I hope I got it all in there. Oh, no, that's that's terrific. And I think listeners can appreciate that that it has been such a varied career. Now, tell us a little bit about the different roles you've held as a JAG officer. Perfect. So um, because I was a civilian prosecutor, when I entered the JAG Corps, I said, you know what, I want to try my hand at defense. So one of the first thing I did was, which was actually one of the most rewarding things I've done as an attorney, I got to do something called um, physical evaluation boards, and that's where you represent wounded warriors. So I got a chance to do that, and that was great. Um, I was straight defense counsel. I did some legal assistance. Um, I've been to, I was the installation SJA, that's the staff judge advocate, basically the lawyer for um, like in-house counsel, I I did that in Meridian, Mississippi, which was awesome. Never thought I'd do that. Um, left there, uh, and we moved to Japan, where I was defense counsel again. Had the opportunity to try cases in Guam, Japan, do hearings in Hawaii. I mean, it was that was a fabulous experience to try cases in those different, um, you know, in those different environments. Uh, when I left Japan, I went on to the USS George H.W. Bush, where um, I was the command of advocate on a carrier, and, and that was an amazing experience. If you would have told me I'd be doing that 15 years ago, I'd say, you've lost your mind. But I will tell you, that's probably one of the most rewarding jobs I've done. I mean, I practiced law on a steel box in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> It was great, um, and I got to visit other countries. Uh, you know, while while deployed, I got to go to you know I spent a great deal of time in Greece and Bahrain and Dubai. I mean, it was it was amazing. And then uh, the Navy's been very gracious, and uh, when I finished that tour, sent me to American University Washington College of Law to get my LLM and trial ad. And so that's where I am now, uh, and the Navy's paying for it. For me to be a full-time student, I mean, I, I can't ask for a better gig. This has been a tremendous ride, and, uh, and I'm enjoying every day of it. And where are you off to next after you graduate? In May, I am currently heading down to Mayport, Florida, uh, to take over a trial team. We have something called an OIC, Officer in Charge. I will run the Mayport office. We have a bigger office in Jacksonville, and the goal is to run that trial team um, and then take over as the senior trial counsel for the region. It's called uh, Region Legal Service Southeast, which covers the southeast region of the United States. 
and uh, and and that's hopefully where I'll hang my hat in about a year. Excellent. So explain to our listeners how the different assignments or deployments come about. Do you get do you get a choice on your locations or your jobs? Absolutely. So we have something called our wish list, and uh, pretty much what you want to do. Um, you know, we rotate every two to three years, depending on, you know, the assignment or the job. Um, so, for example, on the carrier, that's a two-year tour. Uh, but if you go overseas, that may be a three-year tour. It just really depends. Um, in my career, I've tended to rotate every two years, which isn't bad. I haven't come, I don't, I don't mind it. Um, but normally, two to three years is the norm. So you know when your window is, there's something called a PRD, and um, it's your rotation date, your periodic rotation date. And you know when yours is coming, um, and the year before, you basically uh, make a wish list of the different places and jobs you'd like to have. Um, And then you submit it, um, and then all the wise people sit there and they look at the needs of the Navy. They look at where you are in your career and what jobs would be beneficial to continue for you to continue to grow as an as a uh, as an attorney and as an officer. And then they come out with something called a slate where they basically tell everyone where they're going. <laughs> so yes, we do get to have a hand in where we're going. Um, uh, and I, I have been very, very pleased that pretty much um, I've gotten the things I've asked for. Uh, so I can't complain. That's great. Um, what's the best thing about being a JAG? Wow. Um, for me personally, it's the variety and the travel. So when I was a civilian prosecutor, if I wanted to change my job, I had to quit my job. And here, I don't. You know, I one tour I can be trial counsel, I mean a prosecutor. The next next tour I could be a defense counsel. I can you know uh, be in house counsel. I can do legal assistance where you do you know landlord tenant family law. So the variety is is just tremendous without ever having to sit in another bar because it's all federal law, and uh, and um, being able to do it all over the world. I mean that is the that is such a rewarding thing to you know one day be sitting in Yokosuka, Japan, and I'm practicing law, and then you know. A few years later, I, you know, I'm in a stateroom on a carrier, but I'm practicing law. Or, you know, I'm I'm sitting in a classroom, you know, and when I leave here, I'll be back in the courtroom. So, it that variety, the travel, being able to see the world um, in ways that I never imagined as a little girl, it, you know, growing up in Connecticut, uh, it, it's it's uh, it's priceless. Yep, pretty pretty cool. I would agree with that. Uh, so on the flip side, however, what's the biggest challenge or challenges? Well, <laughs> some say your blessing is your curse um, <laughs> because yeah. family stability. Um, I'm married and I have a seven-year-old son. And so if it's just me, sure, you pack your bags, you keep them moving. But, um, I, you know, when I make decisions – you know, I'm trying to be uh, cognizant of where my son is in school at the time. Um, and, you know, my husband has to sacrifice his career goals for 
to be able to travel. I mean, can you imagine, you know, what company is going to then send him to, you know, allow him to stay with them in Japan? So we had to find the niche that will work for us. But it is a challenge because there are lots of sacrifices that family have to make when you serve. And so that is probably the biggest challenge is being able to balance um, career, ambition, and family. Right. So since you have experience with both, how does practicing in the civilian world differ from practicing in the military? A lot of ways. The the biggest, biggest difference um, is in the military, you're not just an attorney, you're also an officer. Um, and so, you know, there's a big leadership component. You know, there are sailors, there are junior sailors, there's, there's an esprit de corps, there is you know, there's a whole nother world other than getting up practicing law every day versus when I was a civilian, you know, I put on my suit and I go and I get really, really smart on the law that I'm practicing and I practice and I come home at night and and my world is 100% law in my life. Um, in the military, it's not that, you know, there is a, a definite difference in uh, a definite difference in um you know, being in charge of people very early. Um, you, when you come in the door, um, not, you know, now they, you know, there's a little window of time for our judge advocates to kind of get indoctrinated in um, and trained up in it. But, you know, when I was on a carrier, I had a trial team. I had another junior lawyer right underneath me. I had five um, legal men, which would be equivalent to paralegals. I had a legal chief and, you know, so I'm running a legal office on a carrier. So there's that leadership component that um, is really, really enhanced very, very early um, for uh, when you practice in the military. So you learn organizational skills quicker, time management skills quicker. Um, so those things that you pick up over time when you practice um, in the civilian sector, you you pick them up very, very fast. <laughs> In the military. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so if someone is in law school now and is in interested in joining one of the services, who would you recommend they contact? Well, the, you know, the funny thing about millennials today is that everything is electronic and technology. So first off, um, you know, any JAG is, is going to be willing um, to sit down and have a conversation so they can feel free to contact me. But one of the first things I would encourage them to do is um, to visit um, our JAG website, which is www.jag.navy.mil forward slash careers. And what they will find when they visit that is a wealth of information about the process, the different opportunities, whether or not there are summer intern opportunities, um, the timelines, the application process. And I think starting there is a great first step. So then when you do talk to a JAG, you can ask some pretty uh, specific detailed um, questions based on your personal circumstance. Great. Are there any law school classes or activities that you would recommend to law students who are interested in military practice? I would, I, what I would encourage is do the absolute best you can do. 
Um, good grades do matter. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, they're not an end all be all, but they do matter. Any opportunity you get to be a great lawyer. So if you can write on to a law review, practice, you know, if you get an opportunity to serve on a moot court or a mock trial team, um, lead an organization. Get involved in sports, things that are team-oriented, but also as a lawyer, you know, we our gift is in our ability to uh, write well, and, uh, and, and so any opportunity to show that you can be a great lawyer is going to pay dividends. We also want you to be a whole, we want you to, we want a whole person. So we want to know that you are, have the ability to um, work in a team in diverse environments. And being able to exhibit that is just as beneficial. Right. Good. Okay. Mashanda, tell us something no one knows about you. Um, all right. So everyone knows if they've read my bio that I have a master's in divinity and a doctorate in ministry. So that's not, that's not a surprise to anyone. But what I don't think people know is that um, I did a cultural immersion trip when I was in divinity school where I went to the Dominican Republic and I worked with um, deaf children. So I had a double whammy. One, the language is Spanish. And then two, um, the children didn't speak at all. So I had to learn sign language. That was a great experience um, to spend that time with them. Um, it just really helped nonverbal, my nonverbal communication skills um, grow tremendously. Wow. What a great opportunity. <laughs> yes, it was. So, Mashanda, way back when, why did you decide that government practice was a good fit for you? Um, I think my army time helped shape that. I had a really, really good army experience. I come from a family of uh, military people. My grandfather served in World War, World War II. I had an uncle that served in the Korean War. I have many cousins in all the services, uh, Vietnam War. And then my oldest brother um, served in the army, which kind of led me that way in the, you know, in the first place. So when I look back, my family has a rich tradition of service. And so um, having had a great experience then, it, you know, the military is just a natural fit for me. And, um, and so when the opportunity arose to put the uniform back on, and marry up service with practice in law, it was just an easy fit. Okay, last question. What is your proudest work-related accomplishment? I just had a conviction overturned. (laughs) That, I didn't realize how gratifying that would feel until it happened. I had a case, I tried with a colleague in, in Japan, and... Um, it was a really nuanced legal issue that we lost on, um, but we, you know, we did some post-trial work, which was great, which set the stage for the appellate counsel to be able to argue. And you know, we lost at the Navy Marine Corps <laughs> Criminal mm-hmm. Appeals Court, but mm-hmm. it went up. The issue was so nuanced that it went up to CAF, which is the Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces, at which point they remanded it. Um, and when it got back, when it came back down, they overturned the conviction. So that was, I never really appreciated the, you know, the gratification of that, but that really, really stood out to me. Um, so being able to impact 
people's lives in positive ways is, um, I, you know, I don't have the words to express how that feels, but um, it is really, it really does something for the soul. And I, and I just, you know, I, I, I counted a uh, blessing to be able to do this every day. Absolutely. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you, Mashanda. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you want to learn more about the ABA's Government and Public Sector Lawyers Division, go to www.governmentlawyer.org.